Hello and welcome to Three Right Turns, the podcast for frogs that like to get the hell out of the pot before we're boiled. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Dayron, and I have a great show for you this week. I'm sure a lot of you by now have heard or seen some of the frankly amazing anti-Trump commercials and messaging that's come out of Project Lincoln. A team of never-Trumpers led in part by conservatives George Conway, husband of the infamous Kellyanne, Steve Schmidt, who unleashed Sarah Palin on an unsuspecting nation, and Rick Wilson, author of the best-selling book, Everything Trump Touches Dies. Project Lincoln aims to defeat Donald Trump in 2020 and all of his enablers in the U.S. Senate and seem to be doing a damn fine job of it thus far. Their ads are particularly devastating and aim to unsettle and bait our easily unsettled and baited president. Now, I'm seeing liberals everywhere kind of falling in love with these guys and this outfit because, again, they're just beating on Trump and the ads seem to be very effective. And, you know, also from that conservative perspective, uh, you know, that uh, that niche, that niche can can certainly be filled in this country. But I've been wondering if and when Trump is defeated, if what target will this slick, well-funded and finely tuned conservative attack machine turn their sights on next? Or are they just going to beat their swords back into plowshares when they're done? And all this raises the question, how can progressives and those on the left wing best work with conservative and right wing types? Or should we at all? Is it possible to form long lasting coalitions to better the country working together? Or are these always going to be doomed to short lived alliances of convenience? Well, to talk these matters through, I have our first returning guest, the wonderful Corey Cottrell, formerly, yes, I said formerly, the co-host of the podcast Moving Forward. Recently, Corey had a falling out with the current co-host of Moving Forward over questions of shared values, messaging, and mission, which makes this conversation about conservatives particularly timely. I guess I should also put out there that Corey's former co-host, the conservative Real Republican, has asked me to join a rotating roster of about a half dozen or so progressives to share the co-hosting duties with him. And I've accepted, and we're going to see how uh, we move forward with this. But before we hit on that bit of a hot topic, we have some current events to catch up on, namely what we think about Kamala Harris as the VP pick for the Biden campaign and the latest developments in Trump's attempt to hamstring our postal service before a historic COVID-driven mail-in election. So let's bring him on here and get started. Corey is currently the community developer for the soon-to-be-released blockchain-driven social media upstart Chirp, which aims to give people a true alternative to Twitter and Facebook. In this capacity, he's also the host of the new podcast, Chirpcast, which evangelizes this new Chirp service. Corey, in fact, just had me on uh, the Chirp podcast before we recorded this one to explain the service to me and try to recruit me to start a new community when Chirp launches. If you want to check all that out, I have linked the interview in the show notes for your convenience. And you can always find Corey on Twitter at Corey Cottrell. That's Cottrell with two T's and two L's. Hey, Corey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, Thanks for having me, man. Uh, No problem. Hey, uh, I want to get some quick hits because I had a whole outline that I was going to talk about this week. And then then I decided to bring you on. Uh, And there's some current things I want to make sure we, we talked about. Since the last podcast came out, uh, of course, Biden announced that Kamala Harris is going to be his vice president pick. Um, I, you know, it seemed like there was some consternation from 
left progressive uh, outlets online. Uh, there was a lot of consternation from right outlets <laughs> online calling her crazy liberal to the left of Bernie Sanders. And then there was a lot of kind of like, yeah, this is about what I expected. Um, where do you fall on that spectrum? And maybe we can talk about both extremes for a little bit. One one of the things that my buddy, my co-host on Hashtag Coffee uh, says all the time is, you know, you've landed on a good policy when it pisses everyone off. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and I mean, I think trying to thread the needle of, you know, making progressives happy um, and, you know, yes, she's got a, a you know, a, a history in law enforcement, but, uh, you know, in uh, law or whatever. Right. If you if you dig into the history of that. You know, there's some some things that are you know genuinely a little like okay that it's not the best, but she's sure. actually been doing some good work there as well. And if you scratch under the surface of the outrage machine, you're, mm-hmm. that stuff is actually easy to find. Uh, and you know, trying to figure out how to make progressives happy, how to make centrists happy, happy, um, and and get or attract as many uh, sort of people in the middle, whatever the hell that is anymore. Uh, as mm. we possibly can without losing as many people as we possibly can as well. Right. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily an easy thing. I think it's just a perfect pitch for it. Right. And if you, if you look at, at uh, uh, the polling that's come out uh, on her, if you look at the, uh, and, and I'm sure they had all this in their internals, right. Mm-hmm. They knew all this already. Right. Right. The, the, and I, I guess the, the, the thing that I noticed is all of the people out in the democratic party, uh, cause I, you know, I'm connected to various uh, democratic party organizations in, in Florida, um, and elsewhere, but you know, like the people that are actually working in the party and the people that are actually volunteering, they're all like, cool, that's awesome. Um, and like a couple of talking heads on Twitter that probably don't fucking vote. They got yes. pissed off. I just don't really care about them. Right. Like, yeah, that, that's, you know, that's, that's the real problem with the, the real progressive left is they, uh, and this is now we've had several election cycles. They don't show up appreciably to vote especially in conjunction with other cohorts like if you talk about them being a reliable voting block it's a joke and i like this makes them so mad to hear but like it's a rational decision for a political body in this two-party system that we're stuck with um it's a rational choice to not care about people who are not going to vote for you regardless you know like if like i think of progressives as volunteers Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're volunteering, if you're going door to door, if you're, you know, uh, um, you know, working with with local politicians to actually get stuff done, you're fine with Harris. Like mm-hmm. and again, are you gonna be able to find me an exception to that rule? Probably, but not many. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're the ones that are actually going and getting getting the work done. Um, people that are on Twitter that have never volunteered for an actual campaign um, that won, I don't care about. Like, I really don't. Like, And, and I've seen a lot of you know, spilled ink and wasted time on the conversations that go on around this. And I personally don't have time for that. We have a fascist in the White House. Right. And quite frankly, nothing else matters to me in this moment. Right. I've got a lot of policy desires, yada, 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 yada. My only question is, is Kamala Harris going to help uh, beat Trump and Pence or not? And the answer is, in, in my opinion, anyway, an unequivocal yes. Now, I do think that like... um I mean, everything you said is correct. Like in this two party system, you've got you have to make a binary choice. And if you don't, if you just choose not to be part of the system, then you're essentially supporting whoever eventually wins the election. And, you know, that's something you got to live with because you're you're taking yourself out of the system. Um, I would I I do wish that, you know, in in the decade to come. 
and the 2020s that these people that are that are perhaps rightly outraged by some of the lack of progress that we're seeing in this country. And I'm going to say perhaps they're outraged by the lack well, of progress. I mean, we're so far behind many right. of the other countries in the world. We need to play catch up and then we need to start, you know, maybe showing some leadership. Um, right. I hope that they I think spend. That's fair. I really do. I hope they spend their time at their state and local levels with their with those elections, because, you know, like if you're just paying attention every four years, that's bum, a bum deal, too. And also we need to get Democrats in the office so that we can actually get some other change, because if you go to like um, a Republican majority and try to talk to them about like a fair vote, you know, like ranked choice voting, uh, expanding the franchise, those are just you are not going to get anything but open hostility and closed doors. You're still going to get a lot of open hostility and closed doors on it, but that there's a political possibility. And man, if, if, if there's one thing I'm trying to get people to understand on three right turns is like a, a smart citizen. Um, you know, you try to vote the people that you want in office, but you also vote in ways that create political possibilities and not voting and letting the Republicans have power. I mean, you're either hoping for things to get so bad that. And I think this is a lot of it. You're hoping for people, things to get so bad that it like sparks a revolution or some shit like that. Or I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's the only kind of rational choice for just not participating in politics. You just given up on electoralism. Um, and I, when I see like all the progress we've made in, you know, the last few generations through electoralism, it seems not wise to throw away the baby, the bathwater and the bathtub itself. Um, yeah. But no, we well, do need he, to get to get serious about it. like some of these like, you know, uh, if you want a third party choice, so you better support ranked choice voting and get on board right. with the fair vote people and and never mention it. Like, like if you want to like mention any kind of third cho- third party or whatever, if you're not mentioning ranked choice voting and fair vote, you know, if you're not advocating for that in that moment, mm-hmm. then you're really you're just shooting yourself in the face with a yeah. bazooka. Like you're not it's, it's, doing anything that's no. going to accomplish anything. Every which is four why years the rest of us get fucking really pissed off. Every you're just, four years, literally kicking us all. Yeah, every four years, you're just as, as you trot out the same fucking excuse for why you can't vote because you will not support these two corrupt parties. Well, yeah. what are you doing to create the possibility of having a viable third or fourth or fifth party? You know, in this country, right. and man, like I, I am explicitly for ranked choice voting so that we can widen that, and yeah. it does it change like overnight. It changes the way it changes is done in this country. It really right? does. Like, it, it it creates. Uh, a massive incentive to create coalitions, uh, right. to you know, just to 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 provide alternatives that are reasonable, um, and then work with other people that are doing it. Like if you don't vote for me, make sure you you know this person is the the, the second choice uh, for you or whatever. And it just it opens things wide open. If you don't, and you're talking about writing somebody in or doing third vote, third party vote or whatever, in this system right now, it's worse than doing nothing. No, it it's really like- is. It's like shooting three pointers outside the the court, you know, like even if you can sink them all day, that's not you're not counting a score. You're not actually achieving anything like within. You got to work within the rules and then change the rules. And there's there's somebody who's more vulnerable than you. There's a crowd of people more vulnerable than you sitting under the net. Yeah. Right. Like this is this is that's I mean. How I vote and how I, I I really advocate as hard as I can for other people to vote. Vote for somebody who is far more vulnerable than you. Right. And, you know, right now, if you're not voting for Biden, you're voting for whatever Trump fucks up next. You're voting mm-hmm. for kids in cages. And, like, mm-hmm. how you feel about this does not fucking matter. You are making it more likely for this fastest piece of shit to win. Period. That's the right. whole story. 
Yeah. And like I said, you can, I know people get upset about that. And there's a whole like uh, thing about like, you know, vote shaming is not effective, which is. Yeah. Dude, I'll I, fucking I mean, vote shame all day. I don't give a shit. That's what it is. <laughs> because I, I think that in the short term, yes. But like, it's like, that's like saying anything that makes people uncomfortable or making them face like uh, having intervention to save someone from drug and alcohol abuse is super not popular for the person that the intervention is being thrown a bit, uh, because it's putting them on the spot. It's making them feel uncomfortable. Right. It's making them feel vulnerable. But like long term, it's the only it's it's the, the other thing you're doing is enabling. Like, you know, if you, you've got your friend that every four years likes to sniff and say oh both parties are the same well you know they should feel uncomfortable having that opinion in a polite conversation it should be something that's embarrassing uh and then once people start feeling that way you might be able to but like i i don't know like i said yeah in in the short term like vote shaming does seem like it backfires but like the uh, the other yeah. solution is just i mean you know continue to have those difficult conversations in your friends and family group but like large scale and systemic i don't know what else we got um but yeah I, what, I do, what do we do i, I, I want to because because we're, so we're progress yeah. we're, we're both progressives and i i i'll let you finish your thought here but i also yeah, want to no, interject I'll, of I'll, like I'll, what do we do with people like kamala um and and joe biden uh who are not necessarily the people we think will get the job done if the job is catching up america to the rest of the world in terms of you know social benefits and social programs yeah. uh what so, do we do once we get them in, in in power? I do feel like it's kind of our job to definitely hold their feet to the fire, especially yes. with Kamala, where her weaknesses are with like, you know, some of the criminal justice. Uh, so we need she needs to take leadership on that to kind of like, you know, live that record I think down. She right? will. I, I think I think she will. Um, and again, like she's got and this will probably come up in the campaign. She's got some things that she did with criminal justice that were fucking fantastic that nobody mm-hmm. talks about because it, it's not, you know, going to juice. Uh, it's not going to slap somebody in the uh, you know amygdala right. on Twitter or Facebook, which is what their algorithms right. are designed to promote. Go look at Chirp. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> uh, plug. Um, <laughs> but so if you and one of the things we did, and we're going to talk about moving forward uh, later. But one of the things that we did is actually went to Biden's policy uh, page and looked it up. Like, mm-hmm. what is he actually for? And one of the things I'm most fascinated with, I, like the second I f- first heard defund the police, I'm like, they can't be fucking serious about defunding the police, right? That sounds crazy. Yeah. So you go yeah. to any website that has defund the police near the top of it. What you'll see down after that is like 900 really, really responsible things that you could do with the money uh, to kind of foster better communities and foster the, you know less requirement for policing that's all scientifically backed, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't fit in a bumper sticker, right? Right, supposed right. to challenge you that's what it's there for so what i love most about the biden's uh, uh you know criminal justice reform policy plank is that it's every uh, everything underneath the defund the police tagline is in there mm-hmm. right like probably 85 90 percent of the things that they you know want to see as a movement are on there right. it's awesome right and when you look at the the healthcare plan, we did, we covered the entire uh, healthcare plan. It's significantly better than the uh, uh, the public option um, plank that we were trying to get Obama to pass in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. That I was advocating for like a crazy lunatic right. because I know it's going to work. It's right. way better than that, right? Yeah. Now, is it single payer? Which again, I'm explicitly for no, right? But we, what we as progressives need 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 to understand is that there are more Democrats that are in the middle than there are of us. 
Yes. And that's and, why, by the way, if you didn't get that message, restudy the primary this this season, because right. we got that that was on the ballot. Medicare fall was on the ballot yep. and we didn't win like we need to. Like It's 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 a winning strategy, but we need to get out there and articulate it, explain just like this defund the police like, you know, uh, yeah. uh is that the greatest slogan in the world? Probably not, because you got to jump in there and be like, well, what we really mean by defund the police is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah. It's, but it it's is challenging what's challenging branding for sure. It is. What, what I'm amazed is it's kind of stuck. And also like polling shows that people get it, like the conversations yeah. like that it's, happened dude. in the first week or two, like everyone was like on the page. So like, that's great. Yeah. And that's how we're winning. Uh, the fact that, you know, Bernie Sanders did as well as he did this uh, cycle is amazing. Can you imagine a guy like Bernie Sanders uh, you know, doing as well as he did 12 years ago uh, or yeah. like in the middle of the like in the Clintons, like where they're triangulating towards kind of conservative positions like this is real progress and yes. we can get a foothold in there. And then, you know, like if 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 all the, the 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 young progressives get out there and vote in a block and they're measurable next time, you'll have real fucking political power because you can say we can withhold that. Right now, right, your exactly. threat to withholding it means nothing. nothing because historically you've always withheld it. Like uh, you have to go right. back to like the Vietnam War, like the first time we enfranchised 18 year olds where uh, 18 to 29 year olds were a significant voting block. Uh, yep. If we got those kind of numbers again, those those right, like first few elections post war when it was kind of a novelty. Holy shit. America would go leftwards at like a light speed. But we have to yeah. do that. And, and to establish your you know, to, to get the party to uh, take you seriously, you got to you got to show that you have power and you're going to use it. Um, right. And, and, this and is then the, like, you right. use that it, it, to c- continue to snowball, you know? Yeah. And it, it's grinding. Like, I get that it feels like it takes a long time because it does. Like, it, yes. it's it's frustrating. Welcome to politics, right? Like, there's yeah. we keep advocating for ways to, to, to speed things up and make it more reactive because right. that's all we can do as well. Um, but, I mean, th- this is why, like, I really, really, really hope that people actually pay more attention to what Biden and now Kamala Harris are actually for because yeah. it's really good. Like, yeah. you know, am, am I – like, is it is it everything how I would write it? No. But is it far to the left of what the centrist Dems want? Yes. No, like yeah, it really yeah. is. Right? Coming out and of like it's a the million times better than Trump. And so oh, the, people Jesus, that, yes. the people that are talking in any way about withholding their vote understand that to the rest of Democrats, you just look like pieces of shit that are going to help Trump win. And right. quite frankly, that's all you are. But right. when we have 50 people in the squad, 50 people in the Justice Democrats, right? Like 50 people in Congress that, to your point, can, can vote as a block. That's when, during actual policy plank votes, we could withhold that vote and have a huge yeah. lever on power. Yeah. Until then, honestly, I would, I personally am grateful that Biden has moved as far left, especially working with Bernie the way that he did. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's going to be up to us to hold their feet to the fire to actually do those things and be before those yes. things. That yes. fight isn't over. Don't 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 get it. It, it just begins. It just begins if we prevail this right. year. It, it's just yes. beginning. Yeah. Yeah, the, the advocacy and the, the you know, pounding the table needs to happen, you know, the second that Biden wins. And yeah. he knows that. And Pelosi knows that. Right. Yeah. But yeah. And, 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 you know. But, but there, there's certainly bullshit. Like you see, uh, you know, I just watched the docket for tonight's. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday. It'll come out on Wednesday. But there's a docket of, of speakers tonight at the Democratic, Democratic National Convention. There's five GOP guys and ladies Is on it. Is really? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. And, and so this is going to dovetail in their conversation we're going to have at the end. And AOC gets yep. one minute, right? 
But yeah, I mean, that the thing is, is brutal. we can't do this top down. We can do it bottom up. Like if there's 10 AOCs in Congress, if there's 20, if there's right. 30, uh, if we have, you know, five Bernie Sanders in the Senate and not just one, that's when things, you know, you can start making change. But just saying like, well, this isn't good enough. And, you know, like there's infuriating headlines like the DNC uh, voted. Uh, what was it? Two to one or three to four, uh, three to three to one to not have Medicare for all as the official party platform. But the thing, the platform they did uh, uh, has has a public option. Um, it does have like much, much stronger Obamacare provisions. It's much better than Republicans plan, which is destroy Obamacare and replace it with nothing <laughs> because that's the plan they've executed for the last four years. And they've done a pretty fucking good job of it, honestly. Uh, the other thing is like, oh, they voted two to one, three to one against uh, legalizing marijuana. That's infuriating, but they did vote to make the official pro- uh, platform decriminalizing it, descheduling mm-hmm. it, and pardoning all nonviolent marijuana offenders. That's amazing. Right. That would it, get it really, tens of thousands of people out of jail and back to voting, and they would have yeah. one party to thank for it. So is yep. it as good as universal legalization? No. But is it is it uh, something's going to get the conversation, something is going to get actual justice happening? Um, and that kind of trickles up, you know, trickle down economics doesn't work, but this justice can act if we, you know, organize locally and at the state level, that stuff will eventually trickle up um, all the way to Washington. And it's 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 very Look, personally frustrating to see people want to sit out to vote and then also at no point in the year ever advocate for something like fair vote, ranked choice voting any kind of systemic change that will let make it even easier for people to sneak through into those corridors of power. I mean, look at this as a binary moral choice, which is why I get really uppity and don't mind if people start crying about vote shaming. Fuck. Yes, I will. Because here's (laughs) what you're doing. If you withhold your vote, you're keeping people in jail. You Mm -hmm. are. If you don't vote, you're doing that, right? If you don't vote, the millions of people that could be on a public option and actually getting, uh, uh, you know, decent healthcare and their kids, you're to blame yeah. because, like, Trump will fucking do nothing, right? And you know, trying to say, well, I didn't vote for that or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you withhold your vote, mathematically, you just increase the win the win percentage on the other side. And that yeah. is a fact. You cannot escape. Right. Yep. And again, which is why, you know, we it keep sucks. Going back to, it shouldn't be. It but does. it is a fact of our political system. And and this right. goes back to like if, if you if this is all new concept is ranked choice, fair vote, please go back to listen to three right turns. Don't blame me. I voted for Al because it's honestly something that you can explain in like five or ten minutes. And it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I understand. Like you will never advocate for a third party under the U.S. political system again. If you listen to that podcast, because it's literally like trying to shoot three pointers from the bleach from the stands. Like, even if you can sink them all day, even if you can get your libertarian or your Green Party candidate in all 50 states and get them on the debates, and all, if you, you can sink, they're just not, it's not going to count because the system yeah. is designed to not let that count. Uh, and we and, have to change the system. Failing hurts people. Yep. And, and who are going to be more inclined to listen to the changes to the system? It's the Democratic Party currently. Um, yeah. Like I said, like hopefully in my lifetime, we'll get some of these like it's it's I'm tracking the fair vote uh, people state by state and they're getting a lot mm-hmm. of stuff done at the state level. They're getting traction. I mean, that's huge. Right. I mean, and when, the city levels, in- too. Like even like, you know, I, I, my city council voting is a shit show because like there's the two people who have a plausible chance at winning and the five people that I think are the best fit for the, the job. And, you know, I always vote my heart in a primary, but you got to vote you know, with your head in the generals and it's general yep. season now. Um, yep. Sp- speaking of voting in the general Corey, 
Uh, I don't know if you are uh, keeping abreast of this latest trend in uh, disenfranchising millions of Americans. <laughs> oh, no. uh, it's a little thing called the the Trump attack. Well, it's not even a Trump attack. It's the it's the final assault on the project that they've been working on for a, a, more than a decade, um, which is privatizing the United States Postal Service, destroying the United States Postal Service. Um, right, and rat fucking democracy at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's come to a head now because, like, this is a real danger for them. You know, Democrats uh, believe that coronavirus is real and are afraid of it. Republicans, um, you know, stereotypically aren't. This is borne out in, well, I mean, you, you guys have uh, eyes, ears, and a brain. You can see the discourse happening. Um, if we allow mail-in voting um, and many, many states, like I went over it in the previous podcast, like something 30 some states that didn't previously allow no fault, no excuse, uh, um, you know, mail-in voting are allowing it. So now it's like, oh, my God, what if everyone comes out and votes? Statistically, we know the answer of that and Republicans lose and and, and lose pretty big. Um, and it's going to be even worse this year because of the coronavirus. So the solution yeah. is, hey, you know what? This the this institution that 92 percent of Americans admire, according to an April Pew research poll. Uh, wow. Uh, this thing that's 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 losing like three four million billion dollars a year let's make it seem like it's the worst thing let's uh let's let's replace the postmaster with a a trump crony let's get rid of all the inspector generals i I don't i mean and and we've seen like i i had that the podcast out like last week and since then we've seen the machine starting we've seen in heavily democratic areas where post boxes have been uprooted have you seen the pictures where like there's literally mailboxes stacked up in junkyards uh there's trucks carrying them away uh now in california a lot of the urban populations they've put these lock boxes on them so you can't use them anymore here's the thing they the outcry was so huge that they had to stop taking them away so they started manufacturing and and installing locks. Like it's just like if you if you wrote a B movie about a political party completely and totally just trying to become an authoritarian dictatorship in America and you said that's how they were going to do it, no one would fucking believe you because it's stupid. But yeah. here we are. The uh, 2020 fiscal year uh, budget before all the craziness was set at 4.79 trillion. So never mind them losing money, right? The, the U.S. Postal Service costs $3 billion a run. That's the, like the balance, right? So that's mm-hmm. the taxpayer money uh, slash money we invent out of whole cloth that goes into mm-hmm. uh, doing that. That's 0.1%, like not even, like 0.075% of, yeah. uh, of the U.S. budget. It's nothing. It's a fucking rounding error. And it's a great right? deal. Every year we send out like Christmas cards to our uh, Bald Move supporters. And nice. I'm always amazed how inexpensive it is to send a physical good to someone across the country. And in some cases, right. you know, the the world, it's ridiculous. It's a fantastic value. It's one of the few government services explicitly uh, mentioned that the, the U S government has control over in the constitution, article one, section eight, clause seven uh, specifically yep. grants them the power to create post offices and post roads. Um, it's the only, cause a lot of people are like, well, just let FedEx and UPS do it. It's the only mail carrier that we have that guarantees our privacy and has real teeth. Like, you know, you fuck with the mail, uh, you get in the felt, you get in interstate uh, felonies real quick. No yep. other like UPS FedEx can open your package for any reason they want, can can do whatever they want with it. Um, I'm just amazed at like, again, a government service losing money. No one talks about the U.S. military this way. 
The U.S. military yeah. loses seven hundred billion to up to a trillion. They're saying this year might be uh, every year, but no one says it's it's a loss because we, for better or worse, have the world's strongest, most muscular military force, and there's benefits to having that. There's there's costs, but we get things out of it. It's an investment, right? Why yep. has the mail service become the one thing? And I noticed this happening like a decade ago. And a lot of the research I did for this podcast, like I kept on coming across old Pew or not Pew um, Cato Institute articles about how the post office should be privatized and you don't need a constitutional amendment to privatize it. Um, this has been something they've been working on a while that like, oh, why can't the post office make money? Why can't the post? Who expects the post office to make money? When did that expectation right. happen? Like it used to be the motto is neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from their swift completion of their pointed rounds. And now it's like, well, shit, if we can't fund our employees benefits for a million years and, you know, carry an Amazon box for 55 cents, then fuck it. When did this happen? I uh, I don't know. I mean. Sometimes I wonder if the Republicans just look for any hobby horse that they can, you know, paint a target on that is sort of like, oh, we're just pro business. Like this should all just be, you know, the invisible hand of the market should handle all this because that always works. Mm-hmm. Um, I right? mean, market and, forces are powerful, but again, they, right. They are. And and I mean, if you just have market forces, um, you might as well, you know, uh, um, go to some, you know, crazy anarcho-capitalist freaking place yeah. where, where the warlords, military. right uh-huh. warlords and guns handle everything nobody actually wants that so like we all want to have the these societies that that are are get all the benefits of markets because there clearly is a huge number of benefits you can get out of them but sure. also we get to do some things collectively that are far more efficient if we do them collectively right yeah and and create a far more balanced and, and, and just society like it's not even complicated so it's yeah, I, I can't speak to what conservatives think about that because I just think it's fucking stupid and they're right. selfish uh, garbage. It does seem like it's it's real. The 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 current fury seems to be entirely tied into this election cycle, and I guess that's what's well, now, that's yeah, what's I mean, scary because like you yeah, know like yeah. like if they, they they can shut down physical polling places and make make people wait in line eight hours, and that's definitely like the reason they do that is because it drives away small percentages of people, and the small percentages of people drives away vote Democrat. Well, suddenly you have a mail in election. Uh, you know, you've got any place you can submit mail is now your polling location. And sure enough, like clockwork, they show up to rip these things out and and lock them and shutter them uh, all of a sudden in the middle of an election year, just months to go. Like, this is the most important thing. We got to save some fraction of this three billion dollars that's escaping the public coffers. I it's it's I don't know. It's it's a naked authority grab and power grab. But on the other hand, I don't know how to beat it. Like Nancy Pelosi just yesterday recall is going to recall the house back to Congress to try to figure this out. She's not going to have Senate support. Uh, you know, Trump yeah, I mean, has it's, fi- it's, like this all snowballs, right? All the inspectors does, generals that have been fired, all the whistleblowers who have been fired. Uh, it's all sending a message that like not, resistance is futile. Essentially, you will be assimilated. And I don't know. Other than mass protests, general strikes, things that like Americans, it's one of those things where it's like it's the slow, it's the slow boiling frog. And it, it is. Uh, especially this year, it's not even that slow boil anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every you know, they gone from like a half a degree a month to like three degrees a month. And it's still working because it's a, it's it's at every step. 
I mean, it's it's you read this German history in the early the twenties and thirties. Like every step seems like everyone kind of looks around and is like, is this the time we're going to rise up? No, well, you know, I got a job. My my health benefits are tied to my job. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to lose my seniority. I don't want my family to be out in the streets during you know historic waves of evictions. It's all rational. Um. But until it's until until you're actually living in a fascist state and then it's like, oh, God, if, if I, you know, taken two weeks off to strike or, you know, protested yep. or whatever. Um, yeah. But I don't know, man. It feels like we're we're being outmaneuvered uh, and we don't have a lot of support um, on these causes, even though everyone's talking about it. everyone's like everyone's sitting here and saying, right. like, this is on fire. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think uh, David Pluff, who was uh, Obama's campaign manager. Uh, came out four days ago and said primetime hearings, um, you know, every single possible inspector general, uh, you know, drag them in front of Congress within the next 48 hours. Again, this was four days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, days of action, yada, yada, right? And Pelosi's doing doing some of that. Uh, but obviously we want to see as much uh, intensity as humanly possible, right? Um, yeah. And, and again, you know, calling uh, all the uh, uh, congressional delegates to do days of action at your post office, all that kind of stuff before you come back, dragging literally the entire house back early. Um, you know, those are steps. But I'm really sympathetic to the idea that they will not be enough. Right. right? I mean, like, it, it, we already worry constantly, like, they're going to do everything they possibly can to steal this. We know that for a fact. Um, and, you know, Ivanka <laughs> uh, has part ownership of companies that are supplying fucking electronic voting machines, right? Mm-hmm. Which is another detail you could never make up in a million years. It's so stupid. Um, mm-hmm. You have, uh, you know, 11-year-old hackers hacking these voting machines in Vegas uh, a couple of years back, right? So there's right. every reason to worry. There's every reason to worry. And the one thing where there's an actual paper trail, and it's not perfect, but it's pretty damn close. You know, I think the, the closest thing that we kind of have going for us now. And yeah, they just like, start shutting down the post office. Like, what? Yeah. And so now, like for us, you know, the, the morning show we do, uh, Hashtag Coffee on, uh, you know, Facebook and, and, and YouTube. Was that another shameless plug? I guess it was. Anyway, just I just pivoted up, to, right? I just pivoted to get out the vote because there is things you could do. And the main one is drop off, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, we know for a fact that, you know, every every precinct, you know, every area, uh, the, the elections officials there are going to have a drop box where you can come and drop your ballot off. That's I think it's like mandated or some shit. You can and, check and, your own and, state. You check your own precinct. But. Yeah. Here in Hancock, we've got the, the right there at the election board headquarters. And uh, during election season, that box is guarded 24 seven by uh, a, a, a hand, not Hancock, Hamilton County sheriffs. Um, nice. Which y- you'd hope you'd hope that that's going to that that would be that'd be nice. But like the other thing that we have in, in Ohio is uh, you can track that ballot. You know, from the time that it's the request is received to when you get it to when you drop it off, you can actually see when it's accepted. And like, man, during the primary, I was refreshing that thing several times a day just until until that vote got counted. Blood pressure spiking. And it's going to be like that times times 10 uh, this this year. But I I know a lot of states probably don't have that, but almost every one of them has a physical drop off box. And if you want to leave it not to chance, then that's the best way. But honestly, you know, I always distrust individual efforts over systemic approaches and like there's right. not going to be that many people hand delivering it to, to, you know, yes, do that, please. But also yeah. let's protect the United States Postal Service. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, mean we, we have to right? to whatever, yeah. to whatever extent we can. 
Yeah, because like last show, I, I did this on on this topic and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like there weren't a lot of, you know, organizations stepping forward to take a leadership role on it. Since then, I noticed a represent dot us uh, has comp- kind of transformed itself around this issue. And I've been paying attention to them. They are a, 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 a nonprofit, nonpartisan anti-corruption group uh, that started around 2012 um, and they've been like working with like 15 different states across the country to pass like anti-corruption ballots. They've been really active, really, really up Mitch McConnell's ass in Kentucky. Um, and they're they're They've completely like it seems like they're reorganizing around and trying to, to bolster and save the United States Postal Service. So check them out. Maybe subscribe to their you know newsletter. Throw in some cash if you can. Uh, if you know of any others, please send it to 3RT at, at swizzbolt.com because. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, we're not quite getting the, the, the leadership, um, on this issue that I think we need, uh, hoping that yeah. that changes this week and, 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 and in the future. But like, so far looks like it's going to be up to us about what, what the, we're going to uh, be able to do. The indivisible group is apparently getting, uh, uh, mobilized as well. Um, so that's another one to, uh, to watch out for. Well, let's talk, uh, the reason that I wanted to have you on um, is because, you know, I kind of I was made aware of your guys's podcast moving forward. You and Real Republicans. I've been on the podcast. I've had both of you guys on my podcast um, and I thought it's a worthy project. You know, the idea that the Republican Party is kind of like morally, intellectually bankrupt right now. Uh, there's still a lot of smart people. They're fundamentally conservative. I think on a personal level. I'm pretty fucking conservative as far as how I run my household's finances, bouncing the checkbook, you know, all that kind of like I, you know, the way I purchase houses, the way I drive, drive cars so the wheels fall off. Like my dad raised me with very sound, fiscally conservative principles. And I respect to some extent those. And I think there's a lot, you know, we need conservative people to kind of pump the brakes on society once in a while. Clearly, the Republican Party has gone crazy. There's a lot of people jumping off that ship and, you know, you and Rio had kind of a blow up in, in the last few weeks on moving forward because you've decided that that particular boat might not be big enough to hold everybody coming on, coming, coming off of the raft. Uh, do you want to talk about kind of like what would the, would the rift between you and Rio and moving forward? And I just kind of want to more broadly talk about how we can, because we're going to have to strategically collaborate with conservatives in the, in yeah. the generation to come. Um, we're just going to have to, we don't have enough people necessarily on our side for everything we need to get done, but how can we do that? Well, what and, are the concerns yeah. we have with like Lincoln projects, but let's talk small scale moving forward. You and Rio, what, what's, what was the beef? What happened? So the, the specific, like the way, the way it happened, I mean, Rio and I joked about having like mini breakups all the time. Right. Uh, cause we speak very different languages. And that, you know, having somebody who's like legitimately from sort of the conservative camp um, and, you know, a bleeding heart liberal, uh, you know, there's going to be issues. One of the issues that came up initially, like right off the bat and never went away, is Rio is obsessed with seeing socialist boogeymen everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, being part of the Democratic Party and the progressive wing of the Democratic Party for a long fucking time, they're like the dumbest people I've ever talked to on Earth are the ones that constantly use the word socialism and communism when they don't know what it means at all. Right. Sure. And now, uh, you know, on, on our side, one of the sort of things that I've seen happen and I've done myself, cause you keep getting called these things for so long and that like Canada is socialist and I'm Canadian. So like, okay, fine. And you just get to the point where you're like, fuck it. I'm a socialist. Right. Sure. And I, I, I have done that many times and I don't even feel bad about it because socialism kind of means 
something a little bit bigger now. We're defining it as, you know, if you're going to keep calling a socialist, well, then cool. What this means is we would like social democracy. You know, we would like a balanced uh, a system yeah. that still, still allows for capitalism. Like, yeah. can you find a guy or a weirdo in our camp that's like, no, all property should be all communal. Yeah, yeah. Right, Chet right, is right. there, right? Mm-hmm, Sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't even mean to say Chet, even though he's my friend who is an actual communist. Uh, <laughs> he's one of the smartest people on earth and doesn't sure. necessarily believe that. But like, there, you can find that, right? Yeah, yeah. But since the McCarthy area in the 50s where there's the Red Scare and... You know, conservatives are basically screaming at anybody who will listen that there is this like secret scourge of people just operating underneath the surface of of liberal groups that's trying to steal all your property and totally destroy the company and hand it over to, you know, some communist uh, uh, (laughs) cabal or something. Those people exist. And Rio's there, right? Whether he's been trained that way from birth or whatever. And every single time I said to him, listen, like, can you show me evidence that that's actually a problem? He would never do it. Right. Because it's not. Right. Yeah. And the that so that was an issue really really early on. Um, then he has this friend of his who he says is like a you know a, a smart Trump supporter. There is no such thing. Yeah, um, that's who's that's, just an that's evil tough. Nazi piece of shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And that was a while back. And I'm like, we're never doing that again. You're never bringing a Trump supporter on my on you know the show that we do. Like, I'm never going to help platform that. Right. You say you hate Trump too. That's not a conversation I'm willing to have. Yeah, I, th- I thought never Trumpism was kind of like a, one of the central things there. Uh, yeah, I, right. And so then, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing shows up and he kind of hints like, you know, I think there's a lot of Marxists in the Black Lives Matter movement. I fucking lost it. Uh-huh. Like it's it's one thing to, to you know, have your own kind of fear thing to use the exact thing that the, you know, McCarthyist wing of your old party used right. to dismiss MLK. Like sit the fuck down. Like you right. sort of brought that that exact kind of thing up in a podcast and I tried to end it on the spot. And that's the thing is like. Uh, you could make a pretty good, strong argument that Martin Luther King Jr. was a, a socialist or at least socialist curious, uh, like I think a lot of people are now. Anytime that capitalism fails us, like how many once in a lifetime recessions have millennials already lived through? Like we're going on two, maybe three. Um, you know, these are things that were supposed to be like once a generation. Now they're happening three, four times a generation. Anytime like capitalism starts to break down, people start getting curious about what other solutions they are. And what right. I think is interesting about Rio, because like I, I had the same thing where he's like, you know, uh, yeah, I had this, this these um, these metaphors about like trying to thread the needle between the two towers, or uh, you know, trying to like stay what 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 he thinks is politically, po- um, you know, what is politically acceptable dialogue and what's not. And he'd always put socialism as beyond the pale because it doesn't respect yeah. personal property rights. And then he would define socialism to include people like myself, like you. Um, and I just think, you know, when you talk about the things that scare me about the Republican Party, I think of anti-science, I think of racism, I think of, um, you know, ec- ec- anti-economics, the fact that they're still trotting, trotting out uh, trickle down. It's very easy to find people at all levels of power that hold those b- views and and say them publicly. Um, if you're talking about like actual socialists who in Congress uh, who in the last 20, 30 years as a president or like in all U.S. history, who has been the socialist candidate? Uh, I mean, like like if you're a social Democrat, if you're like essentially a run of the mill politician from any of the Nordic countries, most of the European countries, you would be a socialist and outside the bounds of acceptable political discourse with Rio. Who I, I just don't know. Like and, uh, full disclosure, 
the plan for moving forward, moving forward is going to include yours truly as part of a rotating list of, of six different progressive hosts that Rio is going to kind of juggle. And one of the questions I kind of want to get down to is like, you know, I'm actually a card carrying member of the Democratic Socialist America. Um, not because I want to redistribute, you know, like eliminate personal property and start collective farms and, you know, all the, you know, uh, relive the worst authoritarian nightmares of the 20th century, but because they're honestly one of the best organizing units in the Midwest right now. Like they're all like, they're like, if, if I find out that there's a phone bank for like anti eviction stuff, it's going to be because the DSA told me, and it's like five bucks a month. It's five bucks a month. Um, Am, am I going to regret that card in 20 years when I'm unemployable because of people like like I want to ask Rio it's like, would you want my like ability to podcast revoke? Because like I just feel like it's a fundamental difference in advocating for like social and economic reform than saying that like no one but white people contributed to Western civilization like Steve King well, does in Iowa. I mean, honestly, Steve King and and what broke me. And all of this is is a huge worry, right? And yeah. that, like, how socialism gets defined is really convenient for whoever Rio happens to want to vilify in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I see that as just being the Republican Party, mm-hmm. right? We both hate Trump. That's fantastic. His party made Trump, right? Yeah. And then every once in a while, we'll try some soft false equivalencies about Bernie, which are fucking garbage, right? Oh, he called himself a socialist. I mean, I just don't care, right? He called himself a socialist the way that I do. Well, the way that conservatives say, what does racist even mean? Everyone throws around the term racist so much. I don't even give a shit anymore. I'm sorry that we're all there with socialism at this point, too. You know, like, (laughs) so here's here's the thing. Rio brings on this, this, uh, uh, in his words, uh, longtime Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, who was very mad about the defund the police thing. And I, we had a conversation about before this guy came on, cause he said like, don't worry about his Twitter feed. Like he's actually really, you know, uh, he's been talking to me or whatever. And he's like really reasonable. Like, well, that's mm-hmm. a red flag. So I go to his Twitter feed. I'm like, fuck no, it's cause I'm racist. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Y- you know, if, if it walks like a duck quacks like a duck, and just like fucking literally, right. you know, hangs out with other ducks. You know, if it looks like a, 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 a you know, a Breitbart feed on mm. his Twitter feed, like we've got it was clues, right? Right. And, you know, it's just it's just constant and rampant. And turns out, you know, I, he convinces me to have him on there. And within two and a half seconds, he's talking about how terrible the 1619 project. And if you don't know what that is, not, that's yeah. where I, it, it, it's like, a, I, if I'm not mistaken, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, Pulitzer Prize winning piece of journalism where journalists are going back and actually looking at how bad slavery actually was. Now, uh-huh. white people get very uncomfortable with this. Right. Because owning that is 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 apparently a struggle for some people that lack anything resembling empathy and just want to sit on top of their white privilege, right? Well, I think there so, is a real there is a real danger because if you own it, then you kind of have to either wash your hands of it, which is I don't know. I don't know what kind of morality or justice system it looks like to be like, yeah, we fucking did all that stuff. But you know what? Let's let bygones be bygones or exactly. you have to do and something about it. And doing something dude. about it is going to be expensive in a long term process. And people get to that. It's like, well, shit. No, no way. Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. I want to feel I, good about, you know, George Washington and Ben Franklin and Thomas right. Jefferson and all those people who did great things. Uh, gave birth to a society that led to, you know, uh, 
this this crazy spark of democratic freedom that had been off the planet for thousands of years. Um, right. But they were also slave owners. And, and Thomas Jefferson, you, you read his writings. It's not like he went in there like he didn't know that like black people were fully sentient uh, people like he 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 wrote about the evils of the North Atlantic uh, 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 slave trade while he profited from it. Um you know, like all we're saying is like maybe teach both. And this is turned into like I, I heard Rio talk about how it's, uh, you know, it's this it's this plot like like this plot to destroy the f- underpinnings of America, you know, like an ahistorical. And there are, you know, you can find historians that have quibbled with the margins of the 1619 project. Um but it's got a lot of sound academic research that is news to Americans right. that went to school in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, guilty here, and didn't learn any of this stuff or got a very whitewashed right. version of it, a very American, white American centric version of, of, of history. Um, yeah. Rio's official position is that we should all just get over it. It's just right? that's and to me that I'm that's unacceptable to me. And right. Like having 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 this guy on and. This, I mean, and it wasn't very long before they were saying that the Black Lives Matter movement has been infiltrated with Marxists. And I'm like, what? So I had to ask myself, like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I building? Um, and I'm spending a lot of time by now really wondering about that question over and over and over again. Because, mm-hmm. again, like, as a Canadian, I actually don't get to vote, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've been here for 15 years. I got a green card. I'm going to be here for every idea, but I'm going to vote, right? The only thing I have is the platform that I built. So, mm-hmm. I get concerned about the microcosm of that because we're not a huge right. podcast, right? But, you know, if I bring one person to the table and they're like, oh, yeah, this, this whole thing where, like, Marxists really are, like, I helped make that. I helped get that out there. It's garbage. It's complete fucking garbage. So I just couldn't be part of it anymore. And I hope that, and like, and part of it as well, like, I, I, I could sort of envision this hyper enlightened version of myself that could navigate those conversations productively. Because I, 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 in private, I do with my conservatives. Like I, I can listen to their concerns and be like, okay, yeah. yes, the, the, there are four people who are prominent in the black lives matter that are avowedly Marxist and all that. But also sure. did you note, did you know that Martin Luther King was like that? Did you know that the founder of the black Panthers was like that? Did you know right. that like they're, you know, but these are the people who are lionized and worshipped and like even every Republican falls all over themselves to like, you know, lionize these people. And if we like, and it's not even if because they were treated like like these. If you go back and look at political cartoons during the uh, you know, I, I saw one a couple of weeks ago where it's like Martin Luther King showing up in a southern town and saying, I can't wait for another peaceful demonstration tomorrow. And this town was on fire and their windows were all broke. And there's white people lying bloody and beaten in the streets like it's literally history repeating itself to mm-hmm. slander these people as Marxist. Next step is to get the FBI and CIA to investigate them because they got to have, you know, foreign and meddling in this stuff. They can't just get this you know, good upstanding right. Americans can't can't have these ideas on themselves. And then you're yep. going to start infiltrating them and then you're going to start discrediting them. And that wasn't what doesn't work. You're going to start executing them like this is the path we're going down to. And like one of the pointed questions I want to ask Rio is like, how, how is it going to go different this time? You know, if everyone that, if everyone that's organizing this is, is, has got a certain political lean that you don't agree with, uh, how, how, how do we avoid going through the, cause the other thing is like the red scare, 
the McCarthyism, that was the not the first time it happened in America. Right after World War One and the Bolshevik Revolution, everyone was running and clutching their pearls and their stacks of cash and like, oh, Christ, what if this happens here? Like, are we going to have a third round of McCarthyism or are we going to not shit to bed and piss our diapers and actually have some reasonable conversations? Because like the thing is like. If you exclude all the socialists and people influenced by Marxist thought out of the Democratic Party, you're not going to ha- you're like you're going to get what we've got right now in 2020 America, which yeah. is thir- a g- full generation behind the social programs and, and progress that, that they've made in Europe. And More. I just don't understand. Yeah, I like if you yeah. if you exclude those people, out of the, then it's just going to be conservative Democrats talking to. Uh, you know, extremist Republicans and Overton window continues to march right, which he believes in, yeah. right? Yeah, he believes in Overton yeah, I mean, window. Like the last the last 20 or 30 years is, is exactly what we've seen. Yeah, my my uh, firm position is that uh, uh, negotiating with and making consensus positions with even avowed socialists have produced the best living arrangements in the Western world, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's not that hard to prove that, right? So, yeah. you know, all the people, my people, right? That that Rio wants to vilify all the fucking time. I'm completely over it. Like I just like yeah. you know that's just not that's not gonna fly. And it it speaks to a larger problem, right? Rio, who you know for a year and a half or however long it was, we were talking about you know Andrew Yang's positions and going over all of them and able to find consensus around these things when we weren't you know uh, getting corralled by all that stuff. Like I tried to like literally ban the word socialism, communism. What are you actually against with right. these things? Because well, oh, well, I'm people against, and, like and the policy, seizure yeah. of all uh-huh. public property. Like, cool. Well, we have the same that right. So you just can all this, you know, uh, uh, going after people uh, to, to to do that. Anyway, so all all that was was kind of good, but it does lead into this the Lincoln Project thing. I am a huge fan of the Lincoln Project. They are one of the biggest guns going after Trump, and we like oh, need it's devastating. That. It's devastating. Right? Like they're they're real good, but with this experience that I'm having you know, with, with, with Rio. And again, like, I'm hoping that the, 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 the stable of you guys can make something better of this uh-huh. than, than, than I obviously failed to achieve. Right. Um, but what happens when Trump loses, right? When Trump loses and Trumpism loses, which I think is, you know, again, not going to be an easy thing. Definitely not a foregone conclusion, but this is like the best case scenario for us. Right. 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 Everything that did, the Lincoln project did worked. We got a lot of never Trumper, uh, uh, you know, Republicans and conservatives that that are sort of shoring up the conservative wing of the Democratic Party, which has always existed, right? Like that's it's not a mm-hmm. new thing, but you know, it kind of uh, is is more of a yank to the right when the Republican Party is losing more power, right? So we have we're mm-hmm. going to have to if we have a supermajority, we're going to have to deal with that stuff in our party. It's only a matter of time before these giant battleship level guns that the Lincoln Project has created are pointed right at us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so going right after the progressive wing, going after the Bernie Sanders, right. the H, the AOCs, so, I mean, the Bernie Sanders, whose supporters Rio calls, you know, Bernie Bolsheviks. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not even subtle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at what point? And the thing is, like, all that I had to bring to that argument was just fucking rage. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I wasn't producing anything of value at all in those conversations. Like pushing back on it doesn't mean anything to Rio. It's not possible in his mind that he's wrong about this, which is deeply frustrating because I'm constantly checking myself. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it, it. I wanted to go do something where I felt like I was being productive. And I it was the smartest thing I've ever done, at least recently. 
Yeah, I um because I don't know, like I, I don't know how long my participation will be in the project, but that that I do want to because that's the one thing I even when I went on to your show, I kind of joked because I listened to a couple of your podcasts. Like uh, I saw that there was like these kind of deep divisions, but Rio's really good about like you know doing the you know sharp stroking the alligator's belly and like oh just UBI UBI is the one thing and um and kind of like you know and 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 that's where I'm thinking because I see. I see a lot of like liberals like just completely in love with the Lincoln project because they are devastating mm-hmm. Trump and they're doing it Dude. by telling the truth and Huge they're making fan. very slick slip. But like a lot of these personalities where they're like, you know, fawning over them, you know, it's like every once in a while, Optimus Prime would, you know, team up with Galva- Galvatron or Megatron or whoever, because like some planet was coming to eat Earth and they were struggling over Earth and that wouldn't happen if Earth was destroyed. So they'd team up. But at the end of the episode, it was never like Optimus Prime clapping Megatron on the shoulder and being like, well, you know, we've we've overcome this thing together. What else could we do together? No, they went right back to fighting because fundamentally Megatron won to enslave humanity and Optimus Prime didn't. Um I don't know that the contrast is that extreme with these uh, Lincoln Project folks, but the reality is they do kind of believe that anyone to the left of and then even Joe Biden uh, is is a socialist and socialists are outside the bounds of uh, what's accepted political. So what are we going to do? What are the conversations we need to have right now with our friends and family who are falling in love with these Lincoln project people? And in 2024 and Lincoln project is supporting the friendly, well-spoken conservative man who wants to privatize everything and wants to, you know, in this socialist medicine stuff and wants to protect your pri- What are we going to do that? These people just don't seem very smooth and slick and well-funded and amazing because that's exactly what they're going to sound like. And they're going to be like, we're not like those other Republicans. Remember, we're the ones that tried to destroy Trump. Uh, they're yeah. perfectly positioning themselves. And there's all these guys that like um, were too cowardly to stand up to Trump and just retired early. They're all going to come back as this new in you amulet Republican. And I think they're going to have a ton of success and it's going to completely delay and retard the progress we're wanting to make in this country. And I, <laughs> it's like a perfect trap because we have nothing like that on. We have Hollywood. Uh, which the more I think about it is not super great. Um, and that's no, all we have very- as far as like big political guns that are this effective at changing people's minds and they're building a brand. And I don't know how to, that, that brand yeah. is going to be synonymous with t- telling the truth and trust. And it's, it, you're right. It's going to be turned on us and I don't know how we shield it ourselves against it. I, so that's my worry. There is a universe in which it doesn't um, to the the degree that I, I'm afraid of. Um, we just like, we have to be heads on swivels because we don't know, right? Like the Steve right. Schmidt is one of the most capable speakers against Trump that has ever lived. Mm-hmm. Steve Schmidt brought us Sarah Palin. Mm-hmm. Right. So take all this for the grain of salt. Like Nicole Wallace is one of my favorite talking heads in the universe right now. Also brought us Sarah Palin and was on, you know, was the first press secretary for, uh, I think his name was Bush. Right. Uh-huh. So it's weird. It's weird yeah. being on the same team as these people. Uh-huh. But it turns out, like, we do have some core things in common, you know, about the ideas around, you know, democracy and the way that, you know, governments and society should run. So that that's interesting, right? Uh, but, yeah, we're going to see after the election, right? Does the Lincoln Project uh, side with Mitt Romney and try and get him reelected? Like, we're going to mm-hmm. find out real quick where they're going to go. But if you listen to them now and if they keep speaking on policy and even like around things around like like Black Lives Matter, uh, for that matter, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, Rio excluded from this, quite frankly. 
mm-hmm. um, but they're pretty supportive, mm-hmm. right? And like not like a million percent, not maybe as much as I am, but you know they're not dismissive. They're not calling them Marxists. They're not you know playing into the same insults that Trump is leveling, right? Right, which is usually a really good red flag. Like if you accidentally or otherwise end up using one of the same shitty fucking insults that Trump uses, uh-huh. reevaluate your whole life. Yeah, just because because you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I think that a modern Republican Party could find a plurality of voters because, um, you know, a lot of Hispanic voters tend to be, you know, culturally and economic conservative. If you stop demonizing them and throwing their children right. in cages, their friends and family it, in cages, yeah. you yeah. might have head roads in there. Um, African-American black community tends to be socially conservative. If you can tell stop you know, calling if you can stop calling their leaders Marxists and assassinating them on a generational basis and be like, you know what? It is kind of fucked up what what has, is happening in your communities and 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 how uh, the drug war and the war on poverty has blown up on all of our faces. And we got to do something about that. You know, it's it's like pivoting from the Southern strategy wouldn't be that hard. And I think there's this whole line of, of Republicans ready to do it because they see the writing on the wall. There's only so I, much man. they can they can they can do to keep this this thing going. Um, but they're not even though that would be better and it'd be nice to have like a loyal opposition that you can trust to deal fairly and support democracy. They don't want the same things we want and they don't have the solutions that are going to work like I think the progressives do. Like, like, you know, that's again, the, the title that I suggested to Rio for the, the episode that kind of broke my soul and made me want to leave the podcast is a conservative makes common cause with a racist to win an election when they're afraid. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Go back and listen to it. And, and honestly, that's like, I, 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 this is one thing I haven't quite finished my historical decision on. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading, but like it's, it said a lot on left progressives that, if you take a centrist liberal and you offer them socialists to 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 uh, to organize with on one side and fascist on the other, almost entirely uh, to a man, liberals will choose the fascists because they respect property rights, I guess. Um I, 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 they say that's historically is something that's that was proven true in like the lead up to World War II. Again, I that's just a but I, I know that that's kind of like on the online left, especially that's a rallying cause is like you can't trust these centrists because when push comes to shove, they're going to choose what's comfortable and I mean, what and, and, and their own selfish interests. So dumb. Like, I think people and, and I it, it bugs me when people on the left do this because I tend to ascribe to them a little bit more intelligence. Look at the rest of the civilized world. Right. Mm -hmm. You know how they got, though, you know how Canada got the way it did Mm -hmm. by making common cause with people who want, you know, social justice and people who work for for uh, uh, labor type causes. Right. Uh England, same thing. The rest of fucking Europe, the same thing. Like this is, you know, what happened before World War Two? Yes, that was problematic. And there were some, you know, uh, like true what we would consider probably liberals in Germany that sided with fascists. And we Uh see that happen all too often here in the United States. But everywhere else, we fucking figured it out. Yeah. Right. Like all, you take a look at the the top ten, you know, favorite places to uh, uh, to live, like best places to live, as ranked by literally everywhere, and yeah. it's those countries that succeeded in this yeah. in the modern area, not from a hundred years ago now, right? Yeah. So, what do you think should be? Because, like, I, you know, because Rio's always talking about like the things that are should be outside beyond the pale of political discourse, and he throws socialism in that heap. I think that like. The only the only things that you got to cling to are respect for democracy, 
like, do you do you believe in democracy? Do you believe that everyone should have a, a, a say in the way our government's organized or don't you? Uh, and the people that are on the don't you, they need to be excluded from polite society and rejection of authoritarianism, which kind of yep. goes hand in hand. Everything it else should, is fair yeah. game. Like if you can get a majority of people in our system to, to to change things along big sweeping lines, like we've done that. We fought wars to do that. Like, you know, tr- going from treating people as three fifths as a human being to a whole human being that can have a franchise. That's a massive systemic change that was bad for the country's pocketbooks in a lot of ways. But it had to be done to more perfect the union, you know, to 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 do more than pay lip service to the creed that all men are created equal. Um, and I think that, like, we can't take things off the table except for you got to respect democracy. You got to reject authoritarianism. You got to reject strong men. You got to reject cults of personality. And I, I think that that, you know, that can certainly happen on the left because you're right. Like we want to associate like lefts and progressive leftists and progressives as more intelligent. I really think we got our bell curve just like the left, the right does. I, um, clearly you're right. Like I, I, I own that as a bias of mine. But but like it seems like the people like uh, we do a better job at keeping the real outliers of the bell curve from public power. Um, right now, at this point in history, it could it could always change in the next 20, 30 years. But we're doing a much better job keeping the you know guillotine the rich and, you know, uh, that those types out of public office. than the other side is keeping their kind of bell curve outliers from taking public office. QAnon, there's like four people Dude. that are really, really close to winning seats in the U.S. Congress from the right. dumbest conspiracy theory. There's more QAnon people. There, there's potentially more QAnon people sitting in high levels of government than there are socialists. Yet, by orders of magnitude, frankly, right? Yeah, like this yeah, is yeah, not yeah, a. Yeah. It's it's not a, it's not a thing. It's never been a thing. Yeah, and like that's like I just I I'm not gonna have that conversation with anyone without yeah. just telling them they're being still the dumbest dime store Republicans I have ever met hit me with that every chance they got and they couldn't even understand it and you try to change the definition so that you yeah. can now vilify the people to my left I'm just I'm not gonna be there for it and I'm not gonna let it go unchallenged because it's yeah. just it's fucking irritating it's just yeah. and it's not true I agree like I said I, th- I feel like that uh, we do. If you know, if, uh, you know, some personal friends are all about the sharing of the memes and stuff that's coming out from Project Lincoln. It might be a good idea to have a chat with them and be like, hey, you know, this is the we're all having fun and we're all because like we can find common cause in terms of like let specific legislation. You know, Republicans yeah. want to work together on criminal justice rep- reform. We can work together with them on that if they want to do election security if they want to fine tune the divisions of power and the checks and balances that have been kind of fucked up ever since war, the, the world wars, we can work with them on that. But a lot of things we just like, this isn't, you know, we disagree on, we disagree on the facts and we disagree on the prescription uh, of, of how to solve the problems that the facts point to. And we can't yep. ever forget that. Um, and, yep. you know, again, would I rather have a smart Republican Party to battle against than a, than a QAnon Trump Republican Party? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but it's still a fight that we have to have. And we have been pulled so far to the right in the last 30 years. We need a steady campaign of pulling back leftwards to get to where we should have been 30 years ago. And, you know, will we have time to solve global warming and, you know, the, the homelessness problem, all that stuff. I, I, I don't know because, boy, it's just so many problems. So little time at this point. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot. That's why part of me is really, really excited that Biden's making noises that uh, electoral reform is going to be the first thing that he does and make it massive. Uh, if you go back and look at HR, HR1, right after uh, uh, this new set of Congress uh, got in, their prescriptions were were wide ranging and they would work. Mm-hmm. Um, like up to including, and Biden's actually said this now, like making uh, uh, um, Washington and Puerto Rico states, which they should be anyway. No, we, um, we have to make sure that democracy is respected because nothing yeah. like it's I kind of go like, oh, boy, but an easy win would be, you know, uh, uh, to, to fix health care once and for all. Uh, or to decriminalize, you know, certain drugs or whatnot, uh, mental health. There's all, all kinds of things. But, man, if you don't get if, if you can't stop people from gerrymandering, if you can't stop people from um, instituting modern day poll taxes, uh, you know, if you don't want people to get out the jelly bean jars and ask certain people to, to count them, uh, you got to fix that because that's the direction you got to get a new Voting Rights Act in there. Uh, yep. You got to fix some of these bedrock problems that we're seeing in our democracy, because if you don't. I mean, well, they're holding an election. They just held an election in Belarus. Yeah, and yeah. 92% of people yeah. wanted the old guy. And wow, wow, what an amazing show of democracy. That's not how it works. And our country's no. starting to look like that. Has it been really, looking that way really for is. a long time. And it's getting faster. And, and we have, man, yeah. it's it's this election cycle. Um, you know, it's funny, though, because like as a conservative, I've, I've heard that every fucking like in 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 hindsight it does seem to be that like every you know election cycle has been the most important in history because you know so many things have hinged on supreme court so many things have hinged on yep. you know uh senate majority um and and you know i guess yeah for the last 30 years you've been losing every one of those elections was the most important but seriously this this you know if you can it's, you, make, you, it's make or break cuz like honestly the next election might not matter yeah, like we're already worried. We're already worried about whether or not our voice is heard at the at the you know at the ballot box, and that's yeah. justified for a, for a lot of reasons, right? And we yeah. still have to do it uh, because it does have an effect. Clearly, otherwise they wouldn't be you know constantly trying to stop us from 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 doing it. Um, but again, Biden's for automatic registration nationally, right? For right. mandating the number of polling places that have to be open uh, based on you know local population. Yeah, census um, data. And, wow, amazing. And also, by the way, our right? census has been presided over by Trump. Who the fuck knows what we'll get out of that? Um, that that's terrifying. Honestly, they should scrap it and redo it next year. Like, might not I, be I a bad it. idea. Might like, not be it, a bad it, idea. It's gonna be garbage. And yep. the census is how Republicans managed to get ten years uh, where they had a massive advantage in uh, uh, in Congress. So, yeah, yep. that. There are things that Biden is planning on doing. And again, like the people that are, are, are sleeping on Biden, they to a single person have not read his policy page. They haven't. Yeah. It's just yeah. fucking lazy. And is mm-hmm. this vote shaming? You bet your fucking ass it is because you're fucking up. If I saw you grabbing a little old lady's hand and putting it on a hot burner and saying, I don't really feel like taking my hand off because it's too fucking much work. I would uh-huh. shame the fuck out of you. And that's what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't have a good because, like I said, the only reason I wouldn't be that, that strong in my criticism is because it doesn't seem like it's effective. But you're, and and I, I but you're but I you're right. Agree. I no. know, I know. And you're and Chet bugs me about this all the time, and he's yeah. right. Right? There, Optics are important. That uh, that the, the pressure that I put on that if you're feeling uncomfortable right now. Uh-huh. Like part of me wants to say sorry, but not a big part. Like to any of your listeners, the thing is, is like the, the science behind it is clear. Like I'm pushing people away sometimes with that, and I and I and I look, own that, and I own this might not be the best strategy, but also like I'm a raging Canadian 
fucking. But, so but here's the deal. Go. I grew up in a cult. I spend a lot of time thinking about how you change people's minds. And it turns out there is a broadly speaking, most effective way, but it doesn't reach every person. You need some people respond to to shame. Some people respond to calls of heroism. Some people respond to, you know, appeals to courage. Some people need to be put on the spot. So, like, we need all types of persuasion. Uh, hopefully somebody, you know, like like if we, we shoot a broad scattergun, you got a little bit of shame, a little bit of like, hey, you know, we used to be Americans and we we, we right. that used to mean something. And we can organize under this, you know, uh, this this concept of Americanism and even use American exceptionalism, which has caused a lot of harm. You can you can weaponize that in the other direction. We need a bunch of different approaches mm. and you need to change it depending on who you're talking to. I think everybody on this show uh has got broad enough shoulders they can they can take the point of criticism but right. you, you, the thing is is like i i yeah like uh i'll i'll debate anybody on on the facts like you know uh we got a two-party system it's a binary choice it's literally a trolley problem do you want to pull a lever yes. and kill fewer people or kill a lever or kill a lever uh and and kill more people or take your hand off that lever that's what we're dealing with right now and it's them's the facts and if you don't like it then get on then don't vote this fucking election but get on board with changing things in the future actually i don't yeah you might not be able to do it in future elections no, so like, definitely that's the thing you might not have a choice and and i know that <laughs> yeah, sounds like hyperbole, but it's it's just not like that like watching yeah. everything that's going on with the post office like it's it's a make or break moment and and if this is your moment in history right like how mm-hmm. you look at ed, any single thing in history that you've ever seen if you've ever thought to yourself how would i act in the 1930s in germany you're finding out right now Right. And it's why I don't don't really like I don't really like Hitler's opponent. So I'm going to sit this election out. Honestly, it doesn't work for that doesn't work for us. Right. And, and, you know, it doesn't work for anybody else either because the trolley problem. It's perfect. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, boy, I tell you, and it, it's it's tough because like, uh, you know, like uh, 538 just updated their election forecast. It's essentially 30, 70, 30 uh, Biden, Trump. Um that seems crazy for a person this bad, because I, I think if we had a Trump on the left, uh, you know, he would lose in every state by significant margins. It would be the largest, you know, like if we had a, just a person that acted like Trump on a personal level uh, was oh. a reasonable Democrat. But just like all the different children from different kids, like all the different the abortion scandals, yeah. the porn star scandals, the the corruption, the fact that he's just a failure in so many businesses and areas of life like it would just be a non-starter. He would be hounded. Uh, from public life. Um, he that's never not, win a that's, primary in the Democratic Party. That's really that's what it true. comes down to. That's true. Right? Because like, like, uh, we will eat our own if they suck. We had a very nice, differences. We had a very nice elderly man running on a platform of, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we don't brutalize the poor and help them out and like made sure everyone have health care and education? And he lost. He lost yeah, a Democratic primary. <laughs> so imagine him as Trump. Uh, it wouldn't even be the conversation. Also an asshole. Oh, my God. And I'm not saying that the Democratic Party can't lose their mind in the next 30 years. Like, I fully anticipate as an old man probably having to fight against them on the other direction Maybe. because they're being, like, I don't know, they're, they're getting I'll labor camps and re-education camps, all that kind of stuff. But like right now, it's yeah, it's pretty binary choice. And we yep. need to work to make it less so. Fairvote.org. Check them out. Yeah. If you uh, really want to sit this us. election out, back no. Fairvote every day, all day. Like yeah. as a thing that you can proactively, and, you know, it, it, it they are making ground. They're doing really, really good work, and it, it will make your vote count the way you want it to to do. Constantly just saying you're gonna, you know, piss your vote away encourages people who are less educated than you to do the same, and it will have 
just dramatically fucked up results. And get involved in your local community because I promise you not every person running for city council is a government, is, is a corporate shill. I fucking promise you the people running for $27,000 a year salaries and are running for on campaigns that cost like $10,000, $15,000. I promise you they're not shills. Yeah. And and there's some good people out there losing because they don't have the money. And and we can we can make big differences there locally and that will trickle up absolutely. Uh, Corey, yes. I know you got it. You got it. You got it. You got a, You got a heart out here. Uh tell people what they need to know about you moving forward where they can find you, what you're passionate about right now, and I will put all these links in the show notes. I see what you did there. Uh, so we, uh, my buddy Greg and I do uh, a progressive uh, uh, leaning morning show. Uh, we kind of talk about all sorts of stuff. I got to no get back really... on there sometime soon. Yes, please. Anytime you want. Uh, Wednesday right. or Friday. I think we're, I think we're open on both. Um, and so we do that uh, 10 o'clock Eastern standard time uh, on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, it's hashtag coffee. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm doing community development. Uh, they asked me what kind of title I wanted. And I said I wanted to be the Ministry of Culture. And they was like, that's not, a, you know, <laughs> it's like a legit startup that I'm a part of now. Like, Corey, that's not one of them. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, that's that's what it is. So basically, you know, I interview people that are going to be owning uh, uh, channels on the site. It's a, it's an alternative to Facebook and Twitter. It's going to be, you know, having its own uh, uh, ecosystem designed around a cryptocurrency. You're going to be able to find uh, one Aaron Hubbard over there. Uh, and and on the latest uh, episode of Chirpcast that we just recorded, um, it's th- that's where my energy is going because I think that that is going to have the most outsized uh, difference on our body politic uh, for the amount of energy that I'm putting into it. Having a better social media to look forward to in the decade ahead would be would be nice. It'd be nice, be nice. To, to, to get the because yeah, God, we we know how much Facebook and Twitter have fucked things up as far as the discourse. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hope you got a Saner's uh, alternative. And yeah, for sure, check out the Chirpcast. I just uh, had an interview where it's very educational, kind of like, you know, what it's all about. Uh, I'm going to get a channel started when uh, it's launched and uh, wish you guys the best. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Cheers. Thanks once again to Corey for coming on our show here at Three Right Turns. If you'd like to follow him, Check him out at Corey Cottrell on Twitter. There you can also find links to his new Chirpcast and preview of the Chirp social media service uh, right there in his header, his Twitter bio. If you have questions or comments about Corey and I's conversation, send them in to 3RT at SwizzBold.com. You can also discuss the podcast with our community on Reddit at r slash SwizzBold. If you find what we do here on 3RT of value, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash swizzbold. Among other things, you get access to our monthly live streams where we hang out on YouTube, talk about politics and culture, and consider topics suggested by our amazing patrons. Our next live stream will be in early September, but you can get an archive of our previous streams by joining now at patreon.com slash swizzbold. And at this opportunity, I'd like to take the time to thank all of our Fred Level patrons. A heartfelt thank you goes out to Greg Rasp, Laura Luthi, Lisa Singleton, Arvind Rao, Gerald Harrelman, Kira Grusho, Angela Morano, Brian Rasmussen, Jenny, Brandon DeVito, George P. Burdell, James Taylor, Jordan Hoyt, and Mark Hahn. Thanks to you all. We couldn't do it without you. Next week, I'll be back with Cecily to consider at least one weird trick on how we can better work, live, and love on our other bi-weekly podcast, One Weird Trick, which you can find at swizzbold.com or on your favorite podcast app. And the following week, I'll be back with another Three Right Turns. Until then, keep your head on a swivel, drop your ballots directly at your local election board where and whenever possible, and try to enjoy the rest of your week. 